Words are powerful. They can heal or hurt, innovate or destroy, cure us, bring us down, and then bring us right back up again. The words we choose evoke feelings and responses in ourselves and those who hear us on a daily basis. They can even, if we are wise, be life-saving. Welcome to There's a Word for That, a podcast that explores a different word or expression each week in our relationship to it. I'm your host, Suzanne Dressler, and thank you for joining me on this journey. Hello, lovely humans. Welcome to episode 16 of Toft. There's a word for that. Courage part two, where we continue our conversation with Romelda Teron Benjamin. We hope that you've listened to part one. She's incredible. Her experiences, her life experiences are incredible. Her experiences of a black woman are amazing. Her experiences as a black woman, excuse me, her experiences as a black woman in show business are particularly important. And even if you are listening to this and you are not in arts or the theater, it is a paradigm for how many black people and many black women are treated in work environments. So I think it's important for everyone to listen to her stories, especially the white population. We pick off where she was telling us a story about a woman she saw on the train who was very inebriated and was trying to get picked up by a man and how she stepped in to intervene and the courage that took her. But it's really a crucial story to listen to. So please listen to part one if you haven't, although obviously it's not necessary, but we hope you do. And thanks for listening. Enjoy. Okay, so you you took the woman out of the you you went up to him you right so she said no I don't know you pulled her out you brought her upstairs and the guy flipped out he flipped out he flipped out he started calling us all type of names and telling me what I could and could not do he went ballistic he went totally off course and ballistic and I took her upstairs I put her in the cab I called uh, the last person who she spoke to on her phone which thank God was happened to be her roommate. And called her roommate and said, listen, your roommate is really drunk. I'm bringing her home. Can you meet us? Like, what's the address? Blah, 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 blah. Got her in the house. That was fine. You know, she checked in with me later. But it was a thing of like, if I had to hear about this woman being raped and murdered, then I just feel like that would have been because I could have stopped it. Even if I would have like went to the police and been like, listen, he's not with her. He's trying to get her home. They wouldn't have done anything. Right. They wouldn't do anything. We all know the NYPD wouldn't do anything. So it was just me. I just kept thinking if it were me, I would want somebody to take care of me. And so I just felt like as a woman and because she was a brown person, it was my job to make sure she got home and wasn't raped and murdered. Now, granted, he might not have done that, but he just did not seem. It's your instincts as a woman. Yeah. My instincts were like, no, this is not going to go. This isn't going to go right because she can't even stand up. I like she was holding on to me to get up the escalator. She's leaning on me. So I'm like, how are you going to get he And I remember him saying, I can help her get home. I'm like, no, whatever. And he was behind us going up the escalator yelling. So he was pretty close. But, you know, I just kept thinking if it were me or any of my female friends or hell, if it was a male, because it can happen to males too. I'm like, I would want somebody to 
stand up for me. Were you scared? Oh, I was terrified. I had the butterflies in the stomach, like because he was yelling and I was getting angry, like that frustration of like, I'm about to go off was happening. You know, I didn't know if he had a weapon. I didn't know any of that. All I knew is that this girl was not going to be a statistic. She was not, she was not going to be a statistic. That's all I knew. All I, all my gut told me was to get her out of this position and get us into a cab. And I lived probably at that time about 10 minutes away from where she lived there. So it wasn't inconvenient. That was the other thing. It's not like I was getting off the train at a stop that wasn't mine or, you know, lived far away. Like I lived 10 minutes from this girl and I didn't realize it. Like once we got in the cab, I was like, oh, you live here. And then I just rode on to my house. I'm like, you know, I could do that or I could just let her go. I could have just walked away. Like there were other people on the train and I'm like, isn't that, it's hard. And, you know, I read somewhere once that a lot of times people want to stop, but they assume someone else is going to do it. Right. There were some things we've talked about. You were saying there was once a guy you told me that you thought was being racially profiled on the street and you were um, walking, but you didn't. Well, I was walking and the police, and I never forget, I think I was by Port Authority. And the police had stopped some homeless guy. And I, I mean, he looked homeless, but who knows? Who um, knows? And he was screaming and, you know, it could have been mental illness. Who knows? But I remember turning my back and walking away and thinking to myself, okay, this is none of your business. But then that little voice, I don't know where that voice comes from, but that little voice said to me, no, you need to turn around and recognize what you're walking by and what you're watching and you need to record it. And that takes God courage. Right. And God forbid if something happens, you know, your mother would want to know what happened to you. And if this mm. is the only record to show what happened to this man, then you need to be the one to take it if no one else is taking it. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, if I go over there, you know, I can't stop it. But if I go over there and record it, maybe it'll help. And so I, I turned around, was late, ended up being a little late for work, turned around, went to go record it, just so I had a record. So God forbid if he didn't make it to jail or if he passed away, that I would have proof to say, no, this is not what happened. He was not resisting arrest, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's now a practice of mine that I do. No matter where I'm at, if I see, like, the cops, you know, arresting some a person of color and it just seems a little bit too rough for me, then I'll record it. Only because you just never know what's going on. Because you imagine the people who had to stand there with George Floyd and you're like, I can't even, and they were trying, like they were screaming, you're killing him. Mm -hmm. And like, you go up to them, mm -hmm. you can get attacked. But then you could be like, you're attacking an officer. I can't imagine how there weren't people watching that, that were almost on the verge of doing that. Right. And thank God it got recorded. Thank mm -hmm. God people had the courage to record it. It um, takes courage. Cause the police, you, the police yell at you. Like what people don't know is when you're recording, because I was recording, you cops will come up and stand in front of your phone or recording device and put their hand up or be like, get out of here and try to scare you. To no, say, you have the right to record, record it. Too. Right. It's like, I have a right to record. It's the freedom of speech. Don't tell me I can't record. But imagine it just takes so much courage to do that, to stand up for somebody who you don't know. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, a lot of the moments where you have to have courage is courage in situations with someone, another human being, 
but a human being that you don't know. So there's not a personal connection, but you have to be a human and say to yourself, okay, I don't know this person, but I can imagine if it's among my family members. Well, and that's empathy, right? And empathy and humanity take courage because it forces you, it calls you to heal, basically. Mm -hmm. And it forces you to put yourself on the line. And sometimes Mm -hmm. in those situations, especially when the police are involved, to put your, and when that man that you didn't know and you're like whatever my instincts your protective instincts were Mm -hmm. telling you to record that your protective instincts as a woman were telling you to protect her i've been in that situation with girls when i've been at bars or clubs and i've seen young girls drunk and i'm out with my friends and we're like we have to get her away from him Mm -hmm. and we will we'll go up and we'll say hey how are you do you know him no oh why don't you come over and talk you know Mm -hmm. and it's like we we know what you're doing asshole like we see it we've been there we've been the drunk girls at the bar we know what you're doing and it's it's that whole concept of allyship white people have to be allies not by posting things on facebook but by action by having the courage to be an ally to other women by having the courage to be an ally to the black community by being the courage to be an ally to any marginalized group whether it's racism you know transphobia islamophobia Mm -hmm. anti-semitism it all takes courage to stand up to it and there was something i feel like there was something else oh right you had mentioned earlier when we were talking at the beginning of the episode about being scared to go to some stores Mm -hmm. what what was there an incident at a um, store that you can talk about or I'm sure there's yeah. many as a black woman, but <laughs> yeah. Yes. Zara, Zara, which is a store I, I never shop at anymore, but I had gone into Zara a couple of days prior to this incident and spent an obscene amount of money, you know, as we do, we, with it's, it's, it's clothes. It's pretty stuff. So I'd spent yeah. an obscene amount of money. And I had gone in there a couple of days prior to this incident, like I said, and I was coming from the gym. And so, you know, it's a thing of you pass the store and you're like, you know, what, let me just pop back in real quick and see if I missed anything. Right, right, right. And I remember I popped back into the store and the security guard followed me around the store. And, you know, for me, anytime that happens or if I see undercovers, because they're so easy to detect, I'll make eye contact with them so they know that I see them. Right. And you know that I'm not the one. And so I remember I was about to leave the store because I was pissed off that he was following. But I remember leaving the store saying, I'm not going to buy anything, whatever. And I had gotten really friendly with the manager when I had come in prior because she had helped me shop. And, you know, when you're, you know, when the manager sees that you're shopping and spending money there, they, everybody wants to be friendly. So I, uh, you know, I was about to leave and he stopped me. He grabbed me. He said, oh, well, I need to talk to you over here. And I'm like, what do you talk like? What? I mean, I went ballistic. I went, I yelled, I, I used obscenities. I made sure everybody knew what he was doing, you know, and then the manager eventually came over and she was apologetic and she's like, I can't believe that. I'm really sorry. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I have to make a stand because I'm sick of this. Why and did he a, pull you over stop. in the first place? Well, I mean, aside Obviously, you know, what was right. his excuse? Let's put his it that His excuse way. was that I looked like somebody who had been in there the day before stealing. So they take Polaroids when you steal so they can post them on a wall of shame so that if they see you coming, they can see you and they can follow you around. So he thought that I was this woman who had came in before. When I saw this woman, she was three sizes bigger than me. So the only likeness that we had was that we were both black. 
and we're both female. That's the only likeness. We look, when I tell you, we look nothing alike. And the fact that she had to be almost 500 pounds, not there's anything wrong with that, but in the difference between me, which is a difference of 300 and something pounds, like I'm sitting up here like a toothpick and she's the, I'm sitting there like, but you you're black, so, so it doesn't matter because you all look the same, right? Yeah. You know, right. Same. And I remember going ballistic and I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to return everything that I bought from this store. Y'all going to lose this sale. And the manager, she tried to talk me Good out of it. Good for you. Good for you. And she's like, Ramelda, because she remembered my name. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She's apologetic. I'm like, no. And I guess they didn't think I was going to. Right. Of course. And so I went home. I got dressed because I had somewhere to be. And I brought everything back to the store and placed it on the counter. I was like, I want all my funds back. And they tried to talk me out of it. She tried to give me a, a, a 10%, 15% discount. You know, she had him re-apologize. And I'm like, no, I want my money back. And I will never shop here again. Never shop there again. But when I got home, management, I mean, excuse me, corporate called me and tried to smooth it over. And I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. The only way you can smooth it over is fire him. But I'd returned everything, left out the store, and have never walked back into a czar again. And money talks. And money talks, yeah. And it's amazing to me because there's white teenagers and white people. Fuck that. White people, anyone steals. Right. Stealing is not a black thing. It's like marijuana and pot. Tons of people do it from all nationalities. But who winds up in jail for it? Black people. Black people wind up in jail for it. Because you don't want black people voting. Right. You want to keep them away. That's a strong vote. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you had an experience recently where you needed a particular amount of courage because of the pandemic? Because I think we all need courage right now sometimes yeah. just to get out of bed in the morning. Yes. I had surgery in August. I had a myomectomy, which is removal of fibroids from your uterus. That sounds fun. Yes, very fun. And, you know, no one wants to go into the hospital <laughs> by themselves, but to now have like a major surgery and to know that you have to do it by yourself, like you going to the hospital by yourself, checking in by yourself, walking into that OR, like it's all a scary situation. But I remember, you know, the morning of my surgery, Chadwick Bozeman died. And yeah. I remember thinking we're the same age and, you know, he died. And that just put this knot in the pit of my stomach as I'm sitting in the uh, hospital waiting to be taken upstairs. And, you know, it's scary that, you know, I'm going to have to do this and not wake up to a friendly face. No, there's not a last face that I'm going to see before I go under. Like the last face is going to be the doctor, but, you know, there's not like your mom right. or a friend that you're going to see. And I remember walking. That's scary. Yeah. And I remember walking to the R with the nurse and she was so sweet and she was so kind. And she's like, you're going to do it. And she was so cheerful. So she was a great you know, energy and spirit for me to go into there. And the doctor was great. All the doctors were great, you know, and just going through that whole procedure by yourself and being in a hospital by yourself with no visitors. It's like to wake up and be like, oh, and to hear your mom going, I've been calling frantically. And I'm like, okay, girl, listen. <laughs> mom, we, calm down. We are independent. We in a pandemic. And then she complains about the New York hospital. She's like, I don't understand. I've called this hospital 40 times and no one can find you. And I'm going to get on a, I'm going to get on a plane and come there. I'm like, lady. <laughs> Not how it works, Mamala. Just calm down. Cause even if you come here, you're going to have to get clearance to come here. 
Like and by that, I mean by that point, I figured out that they could. You could have two people per day. Oh, my mother would be flipping out if I had to have. Even if it was minor surgery, she'd be flipping. Even if it was surgery that she knew you'd be fine, she'd Mm -hmm. be flipping out. She'd be calling me every day. She'd be like, "Let's try to come visit you." No, are you sure? Yes, I want to see you. You're my daughter. Yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a lot, and the fact that she's in Pittsburgh. So for me, it's like she's so far away. So all she's thinking about is I can't be there for my child. And she's always been there for a major surgery or like a friend was there for me, you know, and for them to, there's nobody to hold your valuables, you know. The thing with the pandemic, and this is back to the word courage, is I, for me, because I live alone. So it's been hard. Mm. I've never wanted a roommate more. It's me and my cats and I'm like ready to divorce them and I'm going to give them the apartment. They can keep it. I, I, I can't like, it's like having twins and I can't sleep at night. Cause they're, they keep me up. Like, oh, wow. so yeah. And I'm glad I have them, but it's been, when I get, I get depressed just being alone, like no human contact. Mm-hmm. And I keep going back to this word and I keep thinking to myself, Suzanne, slaves survived mm-hmm. years of slavery they right. survived, right? I mean, the the race survived is what I mean. The, the right. black community survived slavery. Slaves escaped when they had guns at their backs and survived and made it out alive. Harriet Tubman, like I think about people who needed courage on a level that I will never understand. People in the Holocaust that survived the Holocaust, they talk about how they were able to survive it, right? And anybody, I mean, anyone the, in Rwanda, the genocide they talk about, any horrible how you survive anything and i keep thinking there are people throughout the beginning of time who have survived things that are so far worse than being stuck in my apartment i have to find the courage to get through this and it sucks and i'm depressed and it's fucked up but every time i think i can't do this i can't do this it's like you said you have to wake up and look at yourself and say yes i have the courage to get through this humanity has had the courage to get through things not way worse than a pandemic because the pandemic's really bad, but way worse than what I'm feeling. Did you feel that when you were in the hospital? And did you find that you were able to kind of pull that forth from yourself? Like self-talk? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, I think about, I don't, I'm trying to trace my ancestry. Oh. Since so many, you know, black people who came, who were brought here, their ancestries were wiped away. And, you know, when I got to New York, I didn't, I just thought there was black and there was white. I knew that there was Jewish. I knew that there was Italian, Polish, because I come from a very heavy Jewish and Italian and Polish part uh, in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And Pittsburgh is mostly that anyway. And so I remember thinking to myself, when I got to New York, people kept putting me in different boxes. Like I had one person that would say, are you Haitian? Then I would have another person say, are you Dominican? Like I kept putting in all these kind of thing, races I had never even heard of. Mm. And so it, I called my mom and I said, what are we? And she's like, we're black. <laughs> I'm like, like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I'm like, what are we? Like, what's our nationality? She said, what are you talking about? You're black. And I'm like, you're not understanding because she wasn't talking this mm. you're not understanding that we're not just black like you have jewish people you have italian people who can trace oh and this is where we're from in this part of the country this is where my ancestors came from we we had we our story started somewhere 
Right. You know? And so for me, it's been over the last couple of years, it's been a thing of like, let me find out where I'm from. So I'm doing Ancestry.com and I'm waiting for my results. And I say that because there's been a lot of talk, especially from black counterparts of mine, do, do something today that's going to make your ancestors proud. Oh, I love that. And I love that. Every time I feel like I can't do something or I can't get up or I don't like something, I think to myself, I don't know anything about my ancestors. All I know is that my grandmother was a maid. And I know that that's a really hard thing for my mm. mother to do because she would always talk about how, you know, she would be on her knees scrubbing these white people's floor. And, and that's, just, that's just always been a sore spot with her. And so I think to myself, okay, so my grandmother was the help. That's what I know so far is that she was a help. I don't know about my other ancestors, but every day I get up, I think there's so my ancestors were either enslaved, they were captured, they were murdered, whatever the case may be. Once I find out who and what they are, and I think to myself, what I'm going through is not so bad because my ancestors did it so that I could be here. And I think about, I would love, you know, I think about the ancestors who had to live, like you spoke about your grandmother and how your grandfather hadn't been born yet. And I think to myself, what, who, who was before me that made it possible for me to be here? And who, well, and who almost, how many instances occurred in your lineage where you almost didn't exist? Right, right. I think about that. And I think every day that I get up, I know every day that I get up, I think to myself, my ancestors had to go through so much more than what I have to go through. I can, and they I had can courage. And they had courage because they had to survive whatever they had to survive. They had no choice. For me to get here. Yes. Because if they didn't do what they did, I wouldn't be here. So that, I mean, that's the thing that helps me. That's been my saving grace is my ancestors had to go through X, Y, Z, what I'm going through is not so bad. I love that. That's great. You you're, you call on your ancestors for your courage. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's such a beautiful story. Like just a very beautiful perspective. I'm so glad we did this. I'm Me so too. glad you came on this show. We talked about so much. But before we go, you started a YouTube channel. Yeah. Tell us about the YouTube channel, Ramelda. <laughs> it's called Ramelda Reviews. So I'm reviewing different topics, whether it be film, television, beauty, food, anything that I want to review and talk about, I'm talking about. It just, I released my first video on November 30th. Uh, the videos go up every Monday and Thursday at 10 a.m. There is a new video. It's been a labor of love and it took courage to do it because, you know, you're in this industry theater is like okay only theater only theater so to step out on my own and try to do something completely out of character for me has been really fun so i'm very excited about it remelda reviews every monday and thursday if you want some comic relief a little bit of singing and the best best reviews of oh, yes. current tv shows then you're opinionated what did you what have you reviewed so far just to give our um, audience. So far, I reviewed Christmas in a Square and Jingle Jangle. Mm, Jingle Jangle. I haven't yeah. seen either one. Oh my God, so good. I have to see, yes. So good. Get you a warm, fuzzy cocktail. Put okay. on your flannel pajamas because that's what I did. I didn't have a cocktail, but I had my flannel pajamas. I'll have my ginger tea. Have your ginger tea. And when I tell you, specifically Jingle Jangle is I hear it's stunning. I've been waiting to watch it until like, 
I have nothing else to do, like as a treat yes. for myself, I might even watch it like on Christmas Day. Yes. Okay. Amazing. You were amazing. This was, I got so much out of this. I've learned so much from you. Yay. Thank you so much. Yay. Thank you so much for listening today. If there is a word or phrase you would love to have covered on the show, please don't hesitate to reach out. And remember, whatever you are thinking, feeling, or experiencing, there's always a word for that. See you next time. Thank you.